Hello and welcome to the Battle Cry podcast with Mark Mecklen. Catch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8pm Eastern. Go to conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's the Battle Cry with Mark Mecklen. Hey everyone, Mark Meckler here. Welcome to the Sunday Night Battle Cry. As always, I'm really excited to be with you. Lots of stuff to report on this week and some really frustrating stuff. You know, I get sometimes I just get agitated. Sometimes I'm in a great mood. I'm in a good mood always, actually, but sometimes things are just agitating me. And one of the things that's agitating me right now that I got to bring up, I got to start with, and this is kind of the action item for this week, although maybe you could call it an anti-action item, and that is don't buy into the conspiracy theories. Now, I'm going to get a lot of grief for this one, I know, and I get it all the time when I react this way to this stuff. I want to talk generally about conspiracy theories and fringe theories, and I want to tell you that when I say don't buy into them, don't dive into them, don't spend the time on them, don't spend a bunch of time talking about them on social media or to politicians, I'm not saying that because I think that they're all untrue. In fact, if you look at the last couple of years, a lot of them have turned out to be true, right? It's only conspiracy theory, as long as it's a theory. (laughs) Sometimes there actually are conspiracies, and sometimes there are actually really bad things that are going on way below the surface or way out on the fringes that we don't know about. The real question for me is about political strategy, because what's more important to me than exposing a conspiracy is actually winning politically. And when I say winning politically, I don't necessarily mean elections, though sometimes that's the case, but I actually mean winning the argument, winning the public narrative, moving people in your direction, because that's what it takes to win politically. And if we don't do that, if we don't focus our energies on those things, then we end up losing politically. So I want to give you a couple examples of things that are kind of out on the fringe. I'm not saying uh, this is not a judgment on my part on most of them, but I just want to throw some stuff out there where I wouldn't spend a whole bunch of my time. I hear this one fairly regularly when I'm out speaking. Usually it's done in hushed tones after a meeting. Somebody comes up to me afterwards, pulls me aside and says something like, you know, people like the Rockefellers and their cabal rule the world and there's really nothing we can do about it and blah, blah, blah. And then it goes any number of ways. Sometimes it's Rockefellers and the Jews. As a Jew who doesn't rule the world, I take a little bit of offense at that. Most of you know I'm a Jewish Christian. But anyway, in all seriousness, the Rockefellers and blah, 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 and the Rothschilds and so and so rule the world through some cabal that none of us actually know about. And my answer is to that what can I do about that? Honestly, what can you do about that? What can anybody do about that? Even if it's true, None of us can do anything about that. So we should focus on not that, not on saying things that sound crazy and conspiracy theory-ish, but how about stuff that we can do? How about calling a convention of states? Maybe now those kind of people who tell me that kind of stuff might think, well, you're wasting your time. It doesn't matter anyway. Everything else is on the surface and this is the real root of all evil. I can't do anything about that stuff. I'm called to work on the stuff that I can actually do something about. Last night... I had somebody come up to me after the meeting and tell me that the reason that the pharmaceutical companies uh, are out there is because they're actually putting incantations and spells on the drugs that they develop. They're using witchcraft, and that's where all the negative side effects come from. I don't know. I'm going to just be honest with you. It sounded pretty out there to me. 
And she wanted to know what I was going to do about it and what I think about it. And generally what I say, and being polite to people, I don't really know anything about that. You know, I'm not a fan of big pharma in a lot of cases, especially right now with everything they've done with COVID. There's a lot of incredible stuff that we have, and we all live longer lives now, most of us, because of big pharma. I can certainly say my dad is alive because of big pharma. And so there's a lot of things they do I don't like. I think there's a lot of evil there. Spells and incantations on on products, on drugs. I don't know anything about it. Sounds a little weird and off to me. And if I were to start speaking about that publicly and saying that kind of stuff publicly, I would lose my credibility. COS would lose its credibility. Certainly, it's not a narrative that most Americans are going to listen to or believe. They're going to think you're a bit nutty if you're saying that stuff. And again, if the woman who told me this last night is watching, I'm not saying you're nutty. I'm not saying even what you're saying is untrue. I have no idea. I'm just saying it sounds fringe. It sounds out there on the edge. And so I think it's important that we focus our energies on the things that we know to be true, on things that are simple, things that when you explain them to most people, most people understand. That's how you get the narrative correct. That's how you move people in your direction. And that's how you win politically. Now, sometimes things that are absolutely true and factual and obvious sound crazy. In fact, today, I would argue the Democratic Party has moved so far to the left and is so radical that stuff that we say that we repeat that they say sound insane, like you should be able to kill babies at nine months in the womb, like maybe even after they come out of the womb. That sounds nuts. And if I said publicly to people who weren't paying any attention, hey, honestly, the mainstream Democrat Party thinks you should kill babies at nine months in the womb and maybe after they come out, some people who weren't paying attention would think, now that sounds like a crazy conspiracy theory, Mark, but it's actually factual. And they're actually saying it out loud all the time. And so it's not a conspiracy theory. That's something that's no longer a theory. It's just a fact. And it's not even a conspiracy among some small group of people. That's mainstream Democratic Party ideology. If I were to say to you that Democrats intend broadly writ as a party, as the mainstream party ideology, to sexually indoctrinate young children to believe that deviant sexual lifestyles are the norm and to indoctrinate your children into that, into transgenderism. If I were to say that they wanted to give young children puberty blocking drugs, they wanna chemically castrate them, they wanna do surgeries to remove healthy body parts, that might sound crazy. Like who would want that, right? That sounds like some weird conspiracy theory by a right winger trying to scare you away from the left. But the reality is they say that stuff out loud. They say those things as if they're facts and important positions of people who are in the mainstream of the American left. And so sometimes something can sound radical and fringe and we can point it out and it still might sound radical and fringe, but they're saying it. So if they're saying it, if our opponents are saying the crazy stuff out loud, and we point that out. That's not conspiracy theory. That's us pointing out the obvious facts. You don't have to read some secret website that's encoded somewhere to know what's going on. You don't have to be part of some secret knowledge group to know what's going on. You can read all that stuff, not only in right-wing blogs and on right in right-wing papers and see it on right-wing television shows, the left admits that stuff. So it's important, in my opinion, that you and I, politically speaking, stick to the stuff that's good narrative and easily provable because we want to win.
because we want to positively affect culture and drive it to support positive values. And the only way you do that is by honestly not sounding like a crazy person. So this week, our call to action is ignore the conspiracy theories. Be polite to people who tell you this stuff. Don't spend your time there. Spend your time on the winning issues. We got a lot of them right now. There's plenty of good stuff that we're winning on, and we should stick to that stuff. So speaking of crazy stuff happening all over the world, uh, I woke up to the news this morning that former Prime Minister of Japan, an incredible ally of the United States, Shinzo Abe, uh, Abe-san, had been assassinated. Now, this is pretty serious. We don't see very often assassination of leaders, especially leaders of democracies, you know, part of part of our ally base, Japan being our one of our greatest allies, certainly uh, our strongest, longest term ally in the Far East. This kind of stuff just doesn't happen. And so it's pretty shocking when it does. Apparently, somebody snuck up behind him uh, carrying a homemade gun, shot him in the back and in the back of the head. And he later died at the hospital or was pronounced dead at the hospital. Now, he wasn't the sitting prime minister. He was a former prime minister, but still a very prominent political figure. He was out campaigning for people who were members of his party. He resigned from office a couple of years ago. No scandal. Just said he was having health issues and needed to resign. So in 2020, he stepped down. He was a great friend of President Trump. Japan and Shinzo Abe were the first to recognize Trump's election to the presidency in 2016 and to congratulate him. They had a long-term relationship. This is a grave loss for the world. Shinzo Abe was a statesman. Shinzo Abe was very strong against China in the region, a very pro-Taiwan ally, said that they would engage if China ever uh, attacked Taiwan. And by the way, Shinzo Abe pushed Joe Biden strongly to take that same position. Joe Biden has not taken that position. He, he I, get, I think, sort of mistakenly took that position and then backed down when his administration said, ah, we're not so sure we'll defend Taiwan. In any event, this is a grave loss. So world leaders do what world leaders do. They immediately step up. They make statements. They talk about the great loss of the world. I'm not sure what happened to Joe Biden. He was sleeping in. They didn't want to wake him from his long night's slumber, take him out of the cryogenic chamber where they keep him. In. I don't know. But as of like 1030 this morning, the whole world knew everybody had made their statements. Joe Biden had not yet waited. So Joe Biden finally weighed in. Let's give him credit. Maybe he was thinking he wanted to be very well-reasoned. This is the loss of a major pro-American former prime minister, a major ally of the United States, and he just absolutely wanted to make sure that he got it right, except for then you read the statement. And the statement, of course, because it's the Biden administration. Now, to be fair, not drafted by Joe Biden. I'm not sure he can speak English any longer. He doesn't necessarily know what the words mean, though he can apparently have somebody Twitter tweet for him. Basically, it said that this was the result of gun violence and that we know how hard it is for a community to heal when they've been hit by gun violence. It's important to note that Japan has some of the strictest gun laws on the face of the earth. Private gun ownership basically outlawed in Japan. It's not a gun violence problem. This is a terrorism problem. This is a guy who had a beef with Shinzo Abe and wanted to kill him. It's not a gun violence problem, Joe. You don't have to turn everything into a political issue. And that's exactly what he did, saying this is a gun violence issue. Obviously, using the same language that they use, the same rhetoric that they use here in the United States to try and shut down the Second Amendment, take away our rights under the Second Amendment, 
Joe Biden couldn't take 45 seconds to sign off on a statement that was simply honoring and mourning the loss of a great ally of the United States without politicizing it for gain here in the United States. Now, I don't know if you saw the images, if you saw the guy being taken into custody or saw pictures of what the gun looked like. It was basically a cardboard tube and some pipes and stuff. I mean, it doesn't look like a gun because you can't get guns in Japan. But this also shows if you're an evil person and you intend to do evil and you intend to do somebody harm and you intend to assassinate a former prime minister, no amount of gun laws are going to stop you. That's what we know. That's what's been demonstrated forcefully in Japan. But I have to say, as somebody who spent a bunch of time in Japan in my younger years, may God rest the soul of Shinzo Abe, a great ally to the United States of America, great ally to Taiwan, a great man standing for a beacon of democracy in the Far East. The world is a lesser place today for the death of Shinzo Abe, something very simple that Joe Biden couldn't bring himself to say. Well, we're on the subject of gun violence. Obviously, we had the shooting over the 4th of July in Highland Park, Illinois, an incredibly tragic event. And they're going to turn it in. The leftist obviously immediately tries to turn it into calls for gun control. Important to remember, Illinois has incredibly uh, stiff, structured, strict gun control laws. Look, evil people are going to find a way to do evil things no matter what. That was not a political shooting. But here is where things get weird, in my opinion. If you look at the numbers in Chicago, so not far from Highland Park, right? Highland Park, a suburb of Chicago. If you look in the number of uh, people killed this weekend in Chicago itself, it's 10 people killed and 67 injured in gun-related uh, violence in Chicago this weekend. Highland Park flooded with donations. Highland Park flooded with resources, GoFundMe pages, psychological counseling, 24-7 round-the-clock coverage in Highland Park of what happened, but nothing for Chicago. Why is that? You got to ask yourself, why is that? The city of Chicago, one of the most violent places on the face of the earth. I'm not exaggerating when I say on the face of the earth. And yet, there's not news. Babies killed, young people killed, people killed on the streets every single weekend in Chicago in gruesome, excruciating numbers. Right? The community itself at large pinned down by violence in the poorer areas of Chicago. So what's the difference? And why are Democrats so worked up about Highland Park, but not Chicago? I'm going to say something that is probably going to be considered very controversial. It's because Democrats are racists. See, Democrats have always been racist. For the entire history of the United States of America that the Democrat Party has existed, it has been the party of absolute, total, and complete racism. The Democrats were the party of the Civil War that intended to keep slavery. The Democrats were the party of the Ku Klux Klan. The Klan was actually the military wing of the Democrat Party. The Democrats were the ones who passed gun control laws in the South specifically to keep black people from, from owning guns and defending themselves against white people, frankly, against white Democrats. The Republicans were, black people were Republicans. They were flocking to the Republican Party and they were being threatened by black people. They were being prevented by Jim Crow laws, uh, sorry, passed by Democrats 
to keep black people down, to keep black people subjugated. The Democrat Party did this. In World War II, it was the Democrats who interned the Japanese based on their race. In 1964, it was the Democrats who filibustered the 1964 Civil Rights Act in the longest filibuster in congressional history to prevent black people in this country from having equal rights. So ask yourself this question, what in God's name is the difference between Highland Park and Chicago where more people die every weekend, generally speaking, than what you see happen in Highland Park? And the answer is in the inner city in Chicago, it's primarily black people. And so the Democrats don't care about black people. They don't care about black babies being killed. They don't care that black babies are the primary population segment aborted in all of their two nine-month abortion cases. See, they don't really care about black people. They consider black people to be pawns in their political fight. And I think this is evil. I think it's horrible. And I think, and I would propose, that's the difference between Chicago and Highland Park. Highland Park, largely a white community. White people get killed. Democrats in an uproar, right? Look at Chicago, black mayor and people, black people dying on the streets every single week and they won't do anything about it. They, they defund the police, right? They, they handcuff the police so they can't police these communities. And so the criminals run free because Democrats, by and large, I'm not saying every Democrat, but as a party they are the party of racism. This is the party fomenting horrible race, race relations in the United States of America. This is the party pushing critical race theory to make sure that white people are all known as oppressors and black people are all known as victims, right? Make everybody hate each other on the basis of race. And frankly, they don't really care what race it is as long as they can racialize everybody and create racial hatred. That is today's Democrat party. That's yesterday's Democrat Party. That's the Democrat Party of the Civil War. It is baked into the DNA of the Democrat Party. You know how Democrats say wherever something is founded, then it's forever polluted? They say that U.S. was founded on 1619 and it's founded on slavery, so it's always polluted. How about the Democrat Party itself? Founded on the idea of slavery. Is the Democrat Party not forever polluted? Maybe they're right about that. So certainly right about it in regard to the Democrat Party. That's the difference. The Democrat Party is racist. It has always been and it always will be. And if you are a well-meaning person who's a member of the Democrat Party, time for you to walk away. I don't know what else to say. Speaking of gun violence and gun control, you have New York's uh, Governor Kathy Hochul, Hochul signed today or signed this week a gun control bill in New York that is unconstitutional. What it deems to do is to basically make everybody, every place, a sensitive place where you can't carry guns. See, the Supreme Court said there are certain sensitive places. We understand that the states can regulate courthouses, schools, places like that, where even under the latest gun control or shooting down gun control ruling, the Bruin case, which was a New York case, that said people have a fundamental right to bear arms, but they said there are certain sensitive places. So now... New York says everything's a sensitive place. Public transit in New York is apparently a sensitive or a special place where you can't carry a firearm. Even though they're gonna be required to issue permits to people for concealed carry of weapons, not on public transit. Have you been in New York subways lately? It's the one place you really do want to be carrying a firearm and they're gonna keep you from defending yourselves there. I'm pretty sure the Supreme Court's gonna shoot this down. They have 
<coughs> excuse me, other things. Can't buy a gun until you're 21. That you have to submit your social media accounts. That's going to be seen as a restraint on free speech. This stuff's going to get shot down. So bad news is they're going to make it difficult for people to get guns for as long as they can. The good news is I think the Supreme Court is going to react very negatively to this. If you look at what the Supreme Court did in the opinions surrounding religious freedom, free expression, your ability to practice your religion during COVID, the Ninth Circuit kept upholding shutting churches down. And the Supreme Court kept slapping them down. And the Supreme Court got broader and broader in its ruling. And I think that's what's going to happen here in regard to the Second Amendment. And in fact, I think ultimately what's going to happen, these cases are going to make their way up. And the Supreme Court is eventually just going to say, you know what? Forget any standards, forget any special places. We're just going to say you have the right to keep and bear arms. And that's really how it should be. So in the short term, frustrating, unbelievable, the defiance of the Supreme Court. That's not a country based on the rule of law. But I think they're going to lose this over the long haul. And I think it's going to get worse for them in the Supreme Court and not better. So that's the good news. Mark Meckler is fighting every day to call the first ever Article 5 Convention of States to drain the swamp once and for all. Join Mark and millions of other Americans by signing the official petition at conventionofstates.com slash pod. And now back to the show. In outrage of the day, incredible, unbelievable hypocrisy of the left. The IRS, the head of the IRS is now asking the AG to investigate the fishy audits of McCabe and Comey that started under the Trump administration. What? Are you kidding me? So I'm old enough to remember because I was targeted, we were targeted, the Tea Party was targeted, that the IRS put its entire bureaucracy to work targeting people like you and me who were involved in the Tea Party movement. There were over a thousand what they call be on the lookout lists for particular groups deserving of extra scrutiny. And if you had the name Tea Party or Constitution in the name of your group, you were targeted. I know dozens and dozens and dozens of people who were audited, not only by the federal government, but by the IRS tipping off state government tax collection agencies, which is not legal for that kind of cooperation. They were audited by the IRS and the IRS did nothing. So now you've got two major figures engaged in the attempted takedown of a sitting president, Comey and McCabe, and they're being audited and the head of the IRS wants to look into it. Man, there are certain words that I generally try not to say that I feel like saying right now. I won't say them. Just know that I'm feeling them. This is absolutely unbelievable. Are you freaking kidding me? Look, we need to do away with the IRS. We need to do away with the FBI. Those agencies, literally, they need to be burned to the ground. We need to bulldoze the buildings. And if we need any of that functionality, we need to start all over again because they are corrupt to the root, all the way down deep into the ground, into the taproot, they gotta go. All right, let's talk a little bit about what's up with COS. I'm usually pumped up, excited, having a great time when it comes to COS. Not this week. Not this week. Because in the last week, the North Carolina Senate recessed and they didn't take up COS. We had the votes to pass and the leadership was gutless and they didn't do it. And frankly, they were scum because what they did was they hid the people who were telling us that they were willing to vote for us if it got to the floor, but then told leadership they really didn't want it to get to the floor. That's scummy. That's scuzzy, disgusting politics. That's the swamp, right? The fetid, stinky, rotten swamp in North Carolina, 
in Raleigh. Now, we expect that stuff in Washington, D.C. We know those people are scum in Washington, D.C. We know that the swamp is deep and rotten and disgusting and corrupt. But I don't expect that in Raleigh. And neither do the constituents in Raleigh, the citizens of North Carolina. God bless the House in North Carolina because they passed the Convention of States resolution. They did the right thing. But the Senate, absolutely revolting. And the leadership, and they didn't respond to their constituents. I know for a fact, because I was there, something like 750 people showed up for a rally at the state capitol, went and lobbied their legislature. Tens of thousands of people in support of Convention of States have written to their state senators. They've lobbied in the Capitol, and they were ignored. And why were they ignored? Because of the gutless wonders who a few of them who call themselves Republicans who refuse to allow this to come to a vote. Why? I don't know. Maybe because they stand with Planned Parenthood and La Raza and MoveOn.org and Hillary Clinton and Howard Dean and all the radical leftist, baby-killing Marxist, socialist, commie scumbags who are against Convention of States. There are a few Republicans there in North Carolina that stand side by side with all of those people, side by side with George Soros. And you know who you are. To those of you in the North Carolina Senate who stood strong with us, God bless you. We appreciate you. You're in the war with us. We're going to look out for you. You're going to look out for us. To those of you who stood against us, watch out. That's what I got to say because you've angered people who should be your supporters. You're not going to get their support in the election. I know you're fighting for a supermajority there in the North Carolina Senate. Why would anybody want to help you? You're not real Republicans. You're not real conservatives. You stand with Soros, Planned Parenthood, La Raza, and MoveOn.org. Why would good Republicans want to stand with you? And you're not even willing to have the guts to actually put the vote on the record. Disgusting. Now I got to move over to Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, we're experiencing the same thing right now. So we're very close on the whip count in the Senate. Senator Rick Santorum, a great supporter of COS, our senior advisors, been there in the Capitol, working with the leadership. Leadership strongly in support of Convention of States are very close on the whip count. We're supposed to come to a vote on Friday, and then we got told they weren't going to vote because a bunch of people backed away because they were scared. Because I would say, again, they stand with La Raza, they stand with Planned Parenthood, they stand with MoveOn.org, they stand with Hillary Clinton, they stand with George Soros, and yes, I'm talking about Republicans. And if I sound angry, it's because I'm angry. There's a gun group there called FOAC. Mark Levin says it sounds like some kind of rash. Firearm Owners Against Crime. And led by leadership that frankly are stupid, to be blunt. Literally say things are in the Constitution that aren't in the Constitution. Things aren't in the Constitution that are in the Constitution. That I gave testimony at the same time as one of these guys, Kim Stolfer, honestly one of the dumbest people I've ever testified against. And I know it's not polite to say insulting things like that. I don't intend to be polite because they're liars and they're dishonest. And this group, allegedly a conservative Second Amendment group, now standing with Hillary Clinton, Howard Dean, George Soros, MoveOn.org, Planned Parenthood, La Raza, Daily Cause, Kim Stolfer, FOAC, standing with those people. If you are a gun rights person and you are in Pennsylvania and you belong to that organization, you should resign your membership today. 
unless you stand with all those leftist organizations because they this group is supporting those leftist organizations in their fight against convention of states you should resign from, there's gun owners of america is there they're not standing against convention of states they are good strong second amendment group stand with gun owners don't stand with these morons that stand against convention of states these weak feckless republicans and i'm sorry i'm fired up and i know i'm saying things that are impolite and probably impolitic but I can't take it anymore. Gutless Republicans standing with the entire Democrat caucus against convention of states, just a few of them standing in the way of the will of the majority of the people in Pennsylvania and the will of the majority of the caucus. But because they don't have a huge majority, it takes just a few of these gutless scumbags to stand against us and we get held up. So still hope in Pennsylvania, but man, we gotta go to war there and we gotta go to war now. All right, I'm going to jump from there uh, into the Q&A. Got a lot of good questions this week. If you want to send questions in, go to conventionofstates.com forward slash battle cry. Uh, you can record a video message there. Try to keep it under 30 seconds or so so we can play it. Or you can email your questions to battlecry at cosaction.com. So first is from Sharon Carell. Is the divide in America as geographical as it used to be? And the answer is yes and no. I mean, certainly the South is much more conservative, generally speaking, than the North. So we've got the Northeast, which is generally pretty blue, and the South, which is generally pretty red, the center of the country, generally pretty red. But if you look at a map, what you see is the whole country's red. And it's these cities, these urban areas that are very blue. So when you have a divide between country people, rural areas, and city people, that's where the divide is in America, Sharon. That's why when people talk about, oh, we should secede or we should have a civil war or whatever, how do you secede? I mean, I live in Texas, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, El Paso, El Paso, and Austin, all really blue cities. The rest of the state, a red map. I don't know how you do it, but that's how the divide lays out. Kenny Harp asked, why did Biden send 5 million barrels of oil to Europe when America is struggling for more oil and gas? Well, let's first say... Biden didn't do anything. Biden has very few brain cells left. Biden doesn't know what's going on. Biden can't control his bodily functions when he's overseas meeting with foreign dignitaries. Biden, his main thing is asking for his pudding every time he gives a speech afterwards. You see, if he ever goes off script, it's an absolute disaster. He literally doesn't have control of his mouth anymore, doesn't have control of the English language. So Biden didn't release 5 million barrels and send them overseas. His advisors did. Why did they do that? because they hate America. That's why they did it. I don't know what else to say. Everything they're doing, tell me anything that they could do better if they hated America, right? If you look, if they had a plan to destroy America, how could they do a better job of it? And right now they couldn't. When this country needs every bit of oil we can produce, when we need to try and open up production, right? And, and save our reserves for real emergencies, just open up our production, when we need to do that, they're hammering the oil and gas industry, right? So these are people that act against the interests of America all the time, and we gotta get rid of. Alex Gallimore wants to know, which legislatures do you think could flip this year? So I think uh, there's a good shot of flipping Maine. I think at least one of the houses in Colorado could flip this year. Maybe if it's a real tsunami year, we could see both houses flip in Colorado. I think we're gonna see one house flip in Minnesota, giving both houses to the Republicans. So I think there's a lot of opportunity. I think you could see a house, maybe both in Nevada flip, if it's a real wave tsunami kind of election. 
There's a lot of opportunity there. Virginia is off cycle this year. They'll be on next year. We'll see the Senate flip. That'll be an entirely red state, a, a trifecta, I would predict, after 2023. So that's what I'm looking for. That's my prediction for this cycle. Uh, Andrew Gwynn Patton says, what would the founders say if they were here? I think what they would say is, what in God's name is wrong with you people? Why aren't you rising up and taking power back from the federal government? You loaned them a little bit of power within the bounds of the Constitution. They've now exceeded that. The courts have allowed them to exceed that. Why don't you call an Article 5 convention? And why don't you get this thing back under control? I think they'd be grossly disappointed in the fact that we haven't done it. And for those who claim that they love liberty, those who claim they're conservatives and Republicans and respect the founders and don't have the guts to actually call a convention of states, I think they'd want to see those people chased out of office. Sam Adams would say to them, be gone from me and may posterity not remember that you are our countrymen. And I think that's what they would say. Uh, Paul Baker asked, when can we get term limits on these corrupt politicians? Call a convention of states, Paul, we'll get term limits. Rachel Miller says, how many more states do we need? So far, Rachel, we've got 19 in the bag, 34 necessary, 15 to go. I know I went to school in Los Angeles, but I could still do basic math. John Siebert, the last question, what are people going to do to get the 34 states needed to call the convention? They're going to rise up. And John, it's up to you and everybody else like you. Get at least five more people who aren't involved, who don't know about convention of states to get involved. If each of us gets at least five more, we're going to make it happen. So it's up to us to do everything we can. Now is not the time to sit on our hands. Now is not the time to take summer vacation and go away and th not think about politics. Now is the time to be engaged be in the fight, bring your friends to the battle cry, get them to sign up for Convention of States, volunteer for a position, actually do the hard work necessary to save the Republic. And by the way, if you like the gear, if you like the shirt, these, these are our new hats. I love these trucker hats, soft mesh, COS logo, cool brown color, says Convention of States here on the tab on the side. If you like this gear, we got a lot of cool shirts, a lot of cool hats. Uh, we got koozies, we got tumblers and mugs go to conventionofstates.com forward slash store you can get the gear you can be sporting the logos you can be spreading the word god bless you guys and we'll see you next week on the battle cry this has been the podcast version of the battle cry with convention of states action president mark meckler check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod and become part of the solution that's as big as the problem thank you for listening